The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're here with a special guest, a guy that I've been absolutely grinding to get on the show. He's the number 10th ranked prospect for the Detroit Tigers. It's my pleasure to welcome Ryan Kreidler to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. How are we, Kit? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. And obviously, like I said, I mean, a little bit of a hiccup. We were supposed to get you on earlier, but you were grinding in the season. And actually, credit to me. Do you give me credit for this? When we started DMing, you got called out to AAA the week after. And I always talk about the officially unofficial bump. I always talk about after guys come on this show, they turn into the best hitters of all time. Do I get a little bit of credit for that call-up? I'll give you some credit. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you some credit. I think uh, between that and you having Cody on, it was good vibes for me to, to rejoin Cody in Toledo. Yeah, and, and let's go into Cody for a second. I mean, this guy, and a couple stories that this guy's told on the podcast is just like, you can tell this guy's just living the big league lifestyle, like going out with Toby Keith, golfing with Tiger Woods. Like, this guy's just, I just, this guy's insane. So, what, what was like your first impression of Cody Clemens? Because obviously, you saw what that guy did in college, and he was the Golden Spikes runner up, I believe. So, you, I'm assuming you knew who he was. Yeah, we played, uh, played Texas when I was a freshman. So, I knew him, I knew his brother. Um, didn't really know him personally. And then the first time we met really was instructs in 2019. And he was nobody. I mean, everyone, you want to be at instructs, but at the end of the year, you don't really want to be at instructs. Yeah. So we were all just grinding. It was hot and he was just not having a good time. So that was my first impression. I was like, this guy's kind of mean, <laughs> but then, you know, as you get to know him, he's, he turns out, turns out he's a great guy. And yeah, like you said, he's got some funny stories. So dude, it's, it's like this. Is- to know him. And so I don't know. So I'm obviously I'm really good friends with Nolan Kingham, too, who's the pitcher for the University of Texas. And this is a funny story about Nolan. So we had Cody. on. I was like, Nolan, do you have any like funny things to tell me about Cody? He's like, just mentioned this concert where he was like blackout drunk. I was like, fine. And then after the interview, Nolan's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, like he golfed with Tiger Woods. I was like, why wasn't this told to me before? <laughs> like this Cody is Cody one of those guys that will bring these stories up to you and you'll be you'll just be at a loss of words. Yeah, I mean, you can't really match that. So you just kind of have to listen. You know? Like when he's talking about, Oh, you know, we're in Cabo with Dak Prescott and yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know, when I, I was in, you know, I was in Davis, California with my brother, you know, it's, it's not the same. So, yeah, I know. And dude, it's like the guys living the dream and, and on the field, obviously he's an absolute dog. Like, I mean, the guy rakes, he mashes. Is he one of those guys that you play with that you're kind of not in awe with? Because you obviously play with Spencer, Tor- Spencer Torkelson, who's an absolute freak of nature. But is Cody one of those guys where it's like his BP's impressive, his, his uh, infield work's impressive? Like, what's that one thing that Cody does that stands out to you as a teammate of his? Um, No, I wouldn't say Cody's like a crazy BP hitter. Or like, he's not going to put on a show or anything like that. But like, in the game... I think it's just fun to watch him because he just plays really hard. Like you can tell he's just been playing baseball forever. So like playing with him when he played second, I was at short or whatever. Uh, it was always fun. Cause like, he just knows the game so well. And you can tell he's been around it for so long with his dad and his brother and everything. But um, yeah, I think just playing with him, he plays super hard. It's like great teammate. And, and uh, 
he's just fun to chop it up with in the clubhouse. You yeah, know, like he's, he's electric. He's, got a stories. he's yeah. electric. He's absolutely electric. And I wanted to go into before we go into your playing career this year, I wanted to bring this up because when we have Cali guys on the show, we've had a ton humble brag. I mean, I mentioned it to Glass now. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10 and 10 being like, you're going out in DC shoes, puka shell necklaces, shark tooth necklace. How much of a Kali kid were you growing up? Like, were you one of those kids that's like, welcome to Redland skate park pussy? Like, do you remember that vine or that, that TikTok <laughs> video? Like, where would you rank yourself on that scale? No, nah, I'd, pre- I'd say pretty low. I, I, the town I grew up in wasn't like a surf town. I was, wasn't really around like, I think what you're thinking of is like Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Like, so when I got yeah. to UCLA, that's like, you know, I, I was introduced to it, but I, no, I, I wouldn't say I was like that at all. I'd say probably like a one out of 10. Cause I'm scared shitless of Cali kids. Like I really, I'm just the, like the, the, like the little kids that already have ear piercings, like maybe full sleeve tattoos. So that's like not where Davis, California, like Davis, California is not like that at all. Like, would you say it's as close to where I'm from, I'm from Toronto. So would you say it's like as close to like the lifestyle that we have, or is it still beach, like beach kids, all that kind of stuff where you're at? No, I think the, no, yeah, it's definitely more like Toronto than it is San Diego. I think um, they're the closest beach is probably like Santa Cruz, which is like two hours away, two and a half hours. So yeah, I think I, I didn't really get to the beach much growing up. It was a vacation for us. Like, I don't know if my teammates at UCLA would always just go when they were kids, but we never really were around it. So, so no, was, it's, it's a farm town. So was that like a culture shock for you? Like seeing, like being at UCLA and seeing these, like, I, I'm assuming, obviously I'm just stereotyping here, like these chill ass Cali kids, like where <laughs> you're just like on the other side of the planet for you, like their personality wise. Yeah. Some of them, like, it's just different because it, it seems like at UCLA, there's a lot of kids from down there who go to school there. And yeah. so it felt like they all knew each other already. I'm, jo- I'm laughing because. Uh, my roommate Michael Tolia is from Washington State and so we both felt like we were just way out of place <laughs> like we were with a couple kids from like Orange County and they were just like the lingo the music like we didn't know anything so it took us there was definitely like a, an adjustment period for sure and another thing reason why I'm intimidated by Cali kids and I'm assuming like this is what you like witnessed every single time when you're playing like travel ball growing up is the talent there for travel ball and like your high school ball just substantially better than what you would see in like the high schools that you guys would play out of state because Cal like in my mind what I think of when I think of Cali high school kids they're just like if you throw 90 you're kind of a fucking loser in Cali high school <laughs> like you know what I'm saying is that what it's kind well, of like now, yeah I mean like now it seems like that's the way it is but I, I wouldn't say that like when we were in high school is that crazy yeah but again like I wasn't exposed to I think like Southern California just produces like a mad amount of big leaguers um, like not to mention Florida, Texas, like, but like Southern California is a hotbed. So like when we were growing up, if we went down South to play, then you would see some like crazy dudes. It was usually like, we'd play like the Tomateros of California after they, they named themselves after the Mexican league team. And they had like all these, a lot of them were like fully developed, you know, 14 year olds are fucking Jack already. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, this guy's a mustache and I haven't even hit puberty yet. So, it, you know, those were the games that you, you circle on the schedule, but like, nah, it wasn't anything crazy. I think you go to Cooperstown and you play kids from all over the place and everyone's, you know, good. I didn't really realize it until probably like maybe college or pro ball, um, like how talented California is, but it's, there's talented people from all over the place. Like that's what the first thing you notice in pro ball. And you mentioned Cooperstown. So Listen, I, I, I tell him the story, like I tell him this, but I had 160 in Juco below my body weight on the fall American, all that kind of stuff. But when I went to Cooperstown, that is when I realized I'm a fucking bum at the game of baseball. My team, and I, I don't think I've told us in the podcast for my team came in 99th place, minus 50 run differential, one of the worst teams in Cooperstown history. So I always, I'm always very, very interested in this. As you can see, I think behind me, we have the bats, but as you can see, like, right. when you, when you were there as a Cali kid, like, was it like, were you guys like absolutely putting kids in your back pocket? Like what place did you guys come in when you were in Cooperstown? So we went twice. We went when I was 10. I think we only did one week of 10 year olds. Yeah. Uh, whole summer. And then we went when I was 12 and we played in like the, the better week. I forget what it's called. Um, when we were 10, I think we got like ninth place. Oh my God. And then no, when we were 12, we won it. <laughs> but when we were 12, our team was loaded. We had, we had, I mean, Nico Horner was our shortstop. Are you shitting I me? Was, I was catching me, Nico. Uh, Nick Madrigal was on our team, but he didn't play that week, I don't think. 
um, Stephen Kwan. We had a bunch of a bunch of division big leaguers. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we had we had quite a few. We had quite a few players. It was, That's it was bananas. Pretty, so, yeah, so, so like, like I said, I mean, obviously you were like really good in high school committing to UCLA. And I asked just all the guys that go to big time schools like UCLA, all those like powerhouses, were you the big dog on campus on that baseball team? Did you commit early? Like what, when did you commit to UCLA? No, they, it happened early for me because um, I had a teammate, Matt Trask, who was, who was committed there. And so they were kind of around like UCLA was just around. And then that started and I was like tall and skinny when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I'm still skinny now, but I was skinnier younger <laughs> when I was younger, but so they would come around early for him. And then I was just kind of a product of that. And so I got a bunch of offers and stuff early, but I didn't commit until I was a junior. Oh, really? Okay. Cause like there's yeah. some kids I, I'm trying to remember who it was. We had a guy a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm trying to think it was, but he committed as a freshman. And is the, is there that element, especially in like uh us high schools where if there's a freshman that's committed to like a four-year school before like the seniors, the seniors are kind of looking at this guy, like fuck this guy. Like, is, is there that element at the U S high schools? I think, yeah, I think maybe, I think my high school didn't necessarily pop off with baseball talent. It has since I left, there's been a lot more like kids committing to schools and whatnot. But like when I was there, uh, we had a few per year and, and at the D one level, maybe one, maybe one a year. Um, so there wasn't really like any animosity. It was more just kind of like, you know, that's cool. And then it, in turn helped a lot of the younger kids when I was committed. Cause then there'd be people coming out and, you know, they talk and whatever. So no, I think, yeah, depending on where you go, probably, but in my high school, not really. So we had Jeff Criswell on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you know who Jeff Criswell is, Michigan yeah. pitcher. And were you there for that series when you guys played the Wolverines in the regional? Were you there for that? Because yeah, I, yeah, th- listen here, because obviously we heard his side of the story. Now I want to hear yours. He said at your barn, the UCLA baseball field, it was majority Michigan fans. Is that true? Was there a lot of Michigan fans at that game? Well, I'll preface it with this. Yeah, maybe, but like I'll preface it with this. If you're in LA on a Friday night, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna you're not. To you're a, not going to a baseball game. You're right. You're not going to a college baseball game. You might go to see the Dodgers, but you're not gonna go to UCLA for yeah. that. I mean, like it was sold out, but I don't know if we had too many diehards. Their <laughs> their team traveled pretty well. No, dude, and and that Michigan team. I don't know if you like remember specifically, but. There was a couple guys like Jordan Wogu, who we've had on the show. We've had Chris Wall on the show. Was that series just as bananas as it looked like on TV? And I'm looking at the highlights and all that kind of stuff. Was it just as evenly like, was that one of the most intense atmospheres you've ever been a part of? Yeah, that was a good one. It felt even more probably intense than it really was because we were number one. Yeah. And so they, we had this like huge target on our back and it felt like they just came out swinging kind of nothing to lose. And we we're just like, Oh, you know, turned into a tough series, but. Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy intense. We took it to – they beat us in, like – they beat us by one or two on Friday night, and then uh, Saturday night we played, I think, 12 innings. And then Sunday was a dog fight too. So it just turned into, like, this crazy series. They are pretty good, and they were hot, super hot at the time. Yeah. You, you, you were not yeah. hot. You, when you run into a team like that that's just buzzing, that has that kind of chip on their shoulder, a couple, of like, blue-collared guys, just, like, you just hate to see it. But UCLA – I don't. I think you might be the first guy I've ever had from UCLA on the show – is UCLA a party school or is that like, is that not like not the party school in California for like school wise? It's like Fresno, like what school, what, what would you, what would you like say it is? Uh, I wouldn't call it a party school. I think like once you get there, there are like, you can go party, if, you know, if you want to the frats yeah. and all that stuff. Um, no, I think that the school across town, USC is probably, if you're going out at a school in LA, probably USC is the place to go. But um uh, in the state of California, Chico State, San Diego State. Damn. Uh, those are kind of the gnarlier ones. My brother went to, to San Diego State and he loved it. So I'm a little biased there. But no, nah, it was funny. You could do, you could, you know, I mean, you could have fun if you wanted to. We didn't really, we didn't do a ton. Because, yeah, because the impression that I have of UCLA is like it's just full of smart kids. Like, is that, is that what UCLA is? Just like the fucking geniuses in California go there? There's quite a few. Yeah. I think depending on, yeah, depending on where you go, like who you talk to, there's, going to be some kids that you probably want to keep their phone number in your phone for later in life <laughs> i'm sure yeah. i'm sure you'll get hit up about some sort of bin- business venture when you make the show next year or whatever it is they're gonna Hopefully. be like cry i mean we gotta get you i mean we gotta get you sponsor we gotta get you a sponsorship here but and we're going into your high school though for a second going back into that what was a couple guys that you grew up facing in high school that are like names in the big leagues now like just in your region or conference or anything along those lines so i'll tell you a funny story so I, i've told this a few times but when I was a freshman, I was on varsity as a freshman. We played Humble El Bro. 
huge brag. <laughs> um, we played Elk Grove, which is a public high school about 30 minutes down the road. Yeah. In our conference. And at the time, they had five big leaguers on their team. Oh, they man. had Rowdy Telez, Dom Nunez, Rowdy Telez, Toronto Blue Jay. Blue Jay legend. Or formerly. Yeah, formerly. former Blue Jay legend. Um, Rowdy Telez, Dom Nunez, Derek Hill, Nick Madrigal, and Dylan Carlson. Were, that was their team. Holy fuck. And believe it or not, we actually beat them in conference, but then they came back and beat us in the playoffs. But, yeah, it was it was a loaded team. And then outside them um, – and actually, the year before that, they, or a couple years before that, they had J.D. Davis, and they had um, – Oh, my God. They had another pitcher. I forget his name, who was also – so they had, like, seven in the last, like, five years. But um, let me think. That's crazy. We had Matt Manning. Uh, oh, uh, Logan Webb. Played Logan Webb a couple Jesus times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he was at Rockland. We had um, – just I don't know, like if you in our in our conference alone, we had quite a few Jesuit high school. So my brother I know played against uh they had a shortstop there, played for the Giants a little bit. But yeah, just, just depending freaks. on where you go, there's quite a few. Yeah. Just freaks. I mean, yeah, just like you're playing in the Arizona Fall League every single time you play a high school game in California. <laughs> just absolutely bananas. And by the way, I, I I might forget this later in the show. I know you I know you're in the Arizona Fall League. Did you see that fight that my guy Kanan Smith started the other day in the fall <laughs> league? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I, I wasn't at the game. That was a different, uh, different squad. But yeah, we we were in the clubhouse. We played a night game last night, and that yeah. was like top down. Yeah, it was crazy. That, we played it, camp quite a bit during the season. It's so crazy. That yeah, that, like that. That's our that's our friend of the show, and I messaged him, and dude, he like fucked this kid up. Like the kid has like a black eye and shit. Like it's yeah. not. It's it's. I mean, that guy has paws on him. Shout out to Kanan. I mean, the guy has electric shit, but. And then you get drafted out of high school. Is that correct? By the Cubs. Yeah. Um, was that like an easy decision to pretty much say like, no, I'm, I'm going to go to UCLA. Cause UCLA is a powerhouse wagon university. So it was like, well, that was one of the easiest things you ever said no to. Yeah. Well, I kind of knew, I knew going into the draft that I wasn't going to, um, I wasn't going to sign. I was going to go to college. So that was, yeah. When they drafted me, it was almost just kind of like a, a bonus. Um, so yeah, I was like stoked on it, but at the same time, yeah, I already knew, I already kind of knew that I was going to school, so it was cool. Who's a couple guys that play in the show? I know Trevor Bauer went to UCLA, but who's in a couple other guys that that went to UCLA that are like on like the Hall of Fame there or like the the like retired uh, number? Get, well, retired number. The only one that I can think of is Jackie Robinson, but goat. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about guys now that are in the show right now? Um, Brandon Crawford, Garrett Holy Cole. Fuck. Um. <laughs> Pat Valeka. There's more. There's there's Adam Plutko. There's a few more. There's a few more. A it's lot just, of pitchers right there. You know how easy it probably is for like your like the head coach of UCLA to recruit someone to go there. It's like, have you ever heard of Garrett Cole? <laughs> yeah, three hundred fifty yeah. million dollars. Like, yeah, he went here. Brandon Crawford. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. So, and do those guys like come back? Like, have you met Garrett Cole on any of those guys? Yeah, uh, they come back sometimes. Bauer pitched in the alumni games. He like he'll pitch like. He'll break it down and throw like five innings. Like you know, it's fuck? January, you know, eighth or whatever, and he's just like full out throwing long toss, and then uh, he'll come out and throw five. I remember when I was a, a freshman and a sophomore, he came out and he threw against us, or no, sophomore and a junior, and he threw like five innings, hundred pitches every time. That is it was mental. That is yeah, mental. But, that is insane. And one of my favorite things of all time. I don't know if you see this because you, like you said, the friendship with you and Cody is growing here, but. His dad Roger would throw in the alumni game. Have you like have you seen these videos? It's electric. Yeah, <laughs> like eighty eight. That like yeah. yeah, it's so sick. But um, so you we mentioned UCLA and that year you get drafted. I think you hit three hundred. Stat guy, credit to me for remembering that you hit three hundred that year. Did you realize <laughs> you were gonna go that high in the draft? I mean, fourth round's a pretty good chunk of change here. I'll take that shit ten times out of ten. Did you realize you were gonna go fourth round, or was it like was there like any idea you had or any like later or earlier? Um, I was, so I didn't really want to know we were playing, uh, in the playoffs at the time Yeah, <clears throat> we were in, uh, I think regionals and, um, I had kind of an inkling from my agent that it was like, maybe, yeah, maybe that high, but maybe a little bit lower than that. Um, and then I honestly think like playing in the playoffs helped me, me personally, I think like those last couple games I played pretty well. And I think that may have pushed the tires over the edge. I'm not <laughs> sure, but, uh, yeah, it potentially could have helped out a little bit. 
Yeah, and but, the region. Yeah, so 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 you kind of had that idea. Was the Tigers like the number one team for you that you thought that you were going to go to? Like that showed interest from the rip. They yeah they sh- no I didn't really know to be honest with you like I I I had met uh, Tim McWilliams who was my area scout and we did meetings in the fall but that was like you know five months prior so I didn't since then I hadn't really talked to anybody that much they were kind of going through my agent and um, I was just kind of getting like you know notes and just some questionnaires and things like that but no by that point it was you know all college baseball UCLA mode and then like the draft happened and. It was funny because we were playing that Friday night game against LMU um, in the regional, and we had like or Sunday night, whenever the draft was. Right before the game, my buddy Michael Tolia, who I mentioned, gets picked in the first round by the Rockies, and he goes out there and immediately lets the ball go right between his legs at first base. And, they're, and LMU, they're from across town, and they go and they're in the the stands. They're going Rockies blew it, and then so sure enough, two innings later. Chase Strump uh, went in the second round to the Cubs and he lets the ball go between his legs. They're like, Cubs, blew it. So, <laughs> I was just thankful not to be picked during the game because that would have meant an E6 probably. But um, now nah, I went and I was taking a final the next morning and then I got, I got called. And uh, that's just electric. Are you one of those guys that's going to be like, I'm going to go back and finish my degree? Or are you like, let's show or bust now? Like, I'm going to be a show guy. Cause obviously, I mean, your stats are absurd right now. So are you going to, are you going to finish? that degree like make your like, yeah. let the parents know yeah no, no no my parents yeah i've been i've been working on it for three years now i'm one uh one quarter away so i was about to finish it before i got invited to the fall league you know good problem to have i'm not going right now because yeah. i'm here and then yeah i'll probably finish it next year but i'm definitely gonna finish yeah okay if you need a guy to do like some like i said like if you come on the <laughs> show i say it to all the guys that come on the show I'd, i'm a ride or die ryan Kreidler guy now if you come like whatever you need i'll do some papers whatever the fuck you need i got you honestly <laughs> i don't know if you want that i went to juco but i mean that's just good i mean good for you so what do you what do you what do you what is your degree now like what do you what are you getting here political science um yeah political science is gonna be the major we're still working on it What's the uh, what's the major at UCLA that athletes take that's kind of like a fuck around zone? Is it is it political yeah, science? Poli sci. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. it, well, I wouldn't call it. A, I would, yeah, I wouldn't call it that. But it either that or history. And then there's some, there's a few other ones, but that's like usually history for like football guys, poli sci baseball, history is baseball. Yeah, history. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I took art. So, I mean, I definitely understand yeah. where you're coming from here. So, I wanted to go into the minor leagues here. So, obviously, I always I always build it up here. So, you started here at UCLA. You're flying on private jets. You're living the dream. You're in class with <laughs> future Bill Gates. And then next thing you know, you're grinding in low-way Connecticut, just an absolute trenches, dog shit bus rides, the whole yep. one-twos, all that. What was that change like for you? Because we have guys on the show that are like, this is not hell, but this is as close to a reality check as humanly possible. It was a, yeah, it was definitely like a slap in the face. I wouldn't say that like UCLA was, we didn't get like an unbelievable amount of resources. Whereas like, you know, the Arkansas yeah. Ole Miss crowd was like, it must've been even way worse for them. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was, it was, you know, there were some dog days in there where it's like the spreads, you know, deli meat and fruit and, but there's no bread, like kind of thing. Or like, <laughs> um, when you go on the road, it's like a nine hour bus ride and then you got to play the next day, but that's pro ball. I mean, I knew what we signed up for on that front, but the, the stay, you know, like living with a host family, no car, that whole situation was pretty brutal. So it makes you, it just makes you want to get out. So makes what, me play well. So what were you doing? Like, were you firing? I'm, I'm assuming actually that was the prime time for like Fortnite days. So when you're off days, were you a big Fortnite guy in 2019 or was it like PGA FIFA? Like, what were you playing? I was playing the show. I was watching stranger things. I think that year. Yeah. Okay. 2019. Um, no, I wasn't really grinding Fortnite that much. We did in college a bit, but I'm no good at it. So I just let the boys play. I would just watch. So you got passed to the side. I respect that. They didn't want you on the squad. I, that's a power move. Just the ability for you to just kind of recognize it and be like, I'm not hopping on the squad. I'm not going to be a liability. That's why you're a team I don't guy. Want to be, yeah, I don't want to be a liability. I don't want to be a target. I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to drag them down too hard. Exactly. So that's why I respect that. It's, and obviously going into the minor leagues here, we always have our minor league story of the week. Not necessarily like we do it every single week, but we get some fucking funny-ass stories here about fans climbing poles with machetes fans waiting outside of buses with like 
to fight players, all this kind of shit. What's one story? And obviously it's not going to be to that extent. I'm assuming maybe like, hopefully we get a good clip here. But no. what, 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 what would you say is like your Mona Lisa minor league story that you have based off of just like a weird fan, maybe a hotel with bloody sheets, a locker room. What would you say is your Mona Lisa minor league story? Man, I don't know if I have one that like really jumps off the page. We haven't had, I haven't had a bus breakdown, knock on wood. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I just the one like the only thing that like really screams minor leagues for me was when we played um, Vermont in 2019. We we're in Connecticut playing Vermont, and I think since then their team's been they got eliminated. Like that team got you know yeah, they're relegated. They're done. Yeah, they're done. So I think their clubhouse was, and this is the same thing that happened in Somerset in Double A. But um, their clubhouse, I think the fire you know capacity was like ten. And we had like 40 guys in there and we're just like touching butts and stuff in there. Cause it's so close together. Like the, the lockers are maybe like, there's like three feet of width for two lockers, you know? Yeah. And I think the total, they had like 12 lockers total. And I, our manager was like, his name is Brian Pena. He played in the show for a while. Um, he was like, he's a Cuban guy, very big personality. And he, if something's you know not right, he'll let you know kind of thing. And he goes, and he just let one rip apparently like, I think it was two or three games in. We'd already been there for a week, um, like a month before. And he's like, dude, he's like, if, if you guys aren't sick and tired of this shit, then you shouldn't be playing baseball. He's like, this is a disgrace to your families. And yada, yada, yada. He goes, if you don't like it, you got to get out of here. And we're all just like, yeah. It was like a chalk talk. And then we go out and I think we got our, we got our shit kicked in again. And we got on the bus and drove home. But yeah, it just was those minor league, you know, locker rooms, dude, they never get, uh, they never get better until you really get like to double A, triple A. That's so electric. Holy shit. I just love that. I mean, I love the minor league stories because it were like, I can kind of relate to it just based off of going to Juco, Nebraska, just like just the absolute trenches, just like the fans don't give a shit. Like they're just there for like the $2 beer strikeout hitter guy. Have you ever been strikeout hitter? Yeah, I had a, and I had a really good one before I went to college. I was playing summer ball the year before college. I was the DQ uh, strikeout batter of the game, but they, but they told us ahead of time, Hey, like whoever the strikeout batter is, if you guys K up, we're going to give you guys the coupons. So you get free food. Let's so like, go. Like I can strike out to three, three coupons, three burgers for the boys. So I'll take that. <laughs> That's why I said, man, one of the biggest team guys of all time. Like we're going to chalk that up in the description <laughs> of the interview. I mean, so the, the minor leagues, I mean, the minor league stories are just absolutely incredible. What's one city that you visited, like, in your minor league career so far where you're like, where the fuck am I? Like, just a, like a city where you would never expect you'll ever be in your life. Oh, uh, it was um, Batavia, I think New York, where the yeah. Marlins were in 2019. Dude, it was like, the hotel was bad, but we kind of knew, like, you knew the hotels weren't going to be very good in that league, but um, you couldn't even, there were no Ubers, you couldn't find food for, like, seven miles or something like that <laughs> and there's no food delivery people so we're like what do we eat um and it took us like i think it took us a couple hours to get an uber and we piled in like six guys to go to dunkin donuts and then we couldn't get an uber back and we almost missed the game jesus christ but it was man. like yeah there's nothing going on batavia bad, dude bad that's city. electric batavia i mean I, I don't think i've even heard yeah i've heard of it. i think we've had a couple guys tell stories of the plot on that and i wanted to go into a couple teammates obviously of yours and the first guy i mean I'd, I'd punch myself in the dick if i didn't mention this is a guy that's honestly the white whale of this podcast i need to get on this show we've got big leaguers all that kind of stuff humble brag this is a guy i need on the show spencer torkelson what is this dude like because we've had hunter bishop on the show hunter bishop told stories of this guy urban legends of this guy mashing baseballs for a living like it's his date like it's just electric What's it like being teammates with the number one prospect in baseball? Dude, yeah, he's a pretty normal guy. I'm sure Hunter told you the same thing. Like, he's pretty normal, dude, yeah. until it comes to hitting a baseball. And then it's just, like, an ungodly kind of thing, like the power and all that stuff. But, no, he's, like, pretty normal, dude. He's from – he only lived, like, two hours from me in California, although we never met each other in high school. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he, he attracts a lot – between him and Riley Green um, – our double A Erie team was like pretty fun to be on because everywhere we went, it was just like hounding those guys. And you like just the, got to slip right by. by. Yeah. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Dude, it's like, it's, um, so it, has he had any moments of your like career playing with him where it's like, I can't believe that this guy just hit this ball this far. I can't believe this guy just went four for four with three nukes. Like what's one game yeah. that you played of them where you saw and you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, we had a double header. That's so easy. We had a double header, and he went seven for seven with two or three bombs. <laughs> that is absurd. And it was just like, what? Like, and I had a good day, and I was just like, this is not even fair, you know. And I think Riley had Riley was like five for eight with two, and two doubles. Like, it was just absurd. The pitchers were just absolutely getting shredded that day. You yeah, it wasn't a good it. day. You love to out. You love. You absolutely love to see it. And then you mentioned right getting hounded with fans. And I like when we when we talk about the minor league guys and all this stuff on the show. Being a guy that's like a teammate with him, do you kind of feel bad for the harassing this guy gets from these fucking ball hawks and these autograph seekers every single day he pulls up to the field? It's all. It must be just out of hand, right? Yeah, it is. And I think COVID, like COVID, gave him a, a kind of a built-in uh, way to to manage that this year with our managers were really good about it too, where they were just like, dude, it's COVID like, don't sign. We'll take, we'll take the heat for you kind of thing. Um, but honestly, he does a great job. Riley does a great job. Torque, like he deals with the same people a lot because they know how valuable his signatures are. So he'll just, he'll have to, to talk or sign. He ends up signing quite a bit. He's really good about it. Um, for these guys who, you know, they already have like 10 Spencer Torkelson signatures just yeah. laying in their back pocket. But like, that's just, I guess, the nature of the beast. And on the flip side of that, he gets, you know, he gets pretty good deals with with the card companies. So um, he's doing all right for himself on that front. You love to see it. You also, I mean, the guy's just making absolute bank, and he signed for. I don't even know what he signed for. It's a multi million dollar deal. Good for him. We don't talk about all his money, but good for him. Do you get hounded? I mean, obviously, last year it was like every single time I looked at like Tiger's Twitter or I looked at like retweets of like um, baseball accounts, it was just Ryan Kreidler stroke off session. I was like, let's stroke off <laughs> Ryan Kreidler. This guy's mashing. Like, are, are you, are you starting to realize now? Cause you're starting to get closer and closer to the show that like that day is going to be like going to be coming sooner and later, especially with how well you've been doing. Like do you, have you started to realize that or picture that moment you play at Comerica or anything along those lines? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it, I don't want to count on anything, but yes, it's like, you know, it's super exciting when things like this start to happen, like promotions and fall league and things like that. But like, no, I haven't been, I haven't been hounded really at all. I don't have that many cards out there. So like, fucking right. my, my <laughs> yeah. card, you know, over and over, like they print out like a picture and I'll just, you know, sign those or whatever. But like, no, it hasn't been bad at all. I, I, like I said, Torque and Riley took the brunt of that. And then when I got to triple L, all the big league rehab guys and all that stuff took, took the heat so no nah, it's been it's been pretty much the same as before okay so for the listeners of the show i want someone to make that gif that meme of that army soldier with his arms out taking bullets and i want someone to put torkelson and riley green's face over the army soldier and then the guy sleeping will be ryan kreidler just they're taking <laughs> the bullets for him you just love i mean that's just incredible and obviously i mean last year you step into triple a this is where we get into the pumping of the ryan kreidler tires a stroke off session you step into triple a and you just fucking put your balls on the table hit 300 right off the rip what was that like for you man i mean just playing in triple a especially like you moved up i mean you were playing i believe it was you're playing a two years ago right is that correct yeah and then you went double mm-hmm. a triple a is that good you tell me so what was that like for you just kind of moving up in the system and the tigers like showing they actually like see a future in you as like a, a prospect and as a big leaguer someday yeah no it was, it was cool i think like very exciting to, to even be in that you know conversation at the start of the year but it like a, a lot of things had to happen at the right time for all that to to happen like i didn't play well in 19 so changed my swing um came back in 2020 spring training 
and was backing up, you know, we we're at like mini camp or whatever. And um, we we're backing up some of the big league games. They would just have it sit, sit there. And then if they needed a pinch runner in the ninth inning kind of thing, you would just come in. And so did that. And then I got up and at bat with the base load, hit a homer, you know? Holy and so I was like, it was just kind of like a lucky thing. And then that got me kind of a, we went home, you know, and then came back for instructs that year and did pretty good, but nothing crazy. And then um, I got invited to spring training this year as kind of another, like a mini camp situation, backing up games and I hit another homer. So like just those, no, but it was like two swings a year apart that just so happened to, you know, happen right in front of the right people. Yeah. Um, that really helped me out. And so then from there that helped me get like alt site, and then um, after that, you know, going to double A and then, you know, you got to play. But, yeah, just ha- like just kind of luck of the draw, doing a couple things in front of the right people. And, you know, yeah, it was cool. Like double A, double A was a great start. And we had like such a fun team that it made it made it really easy. I just I always marvel at like some of the uh, description of like the prospect thing. Like, like it, they're just so generic it's like Kreidler moves well for his size with good instincts and a very strong arm like you could literally write that it's just like the most generic fucking bio of all time yeah. do you so what would you say is like the best aspect of your game here because it says your arm is 60 which is is that good you tell me that's just bananas so what would you say is like the best aspect of your game because I saw a couple of plays like I said like you get stroked off on Twitter I see a couple <laughs> of these plays you make in the infield so you're I mean you're obviously a good defender but what would you say is like that the best part of your game yeah defense probably right now um defense but uh, yeah I try and be as well-rounded you know as you can be but yeah defense is honestly probably what um, allows me to have a little bit of leeway when the bat's not going right. Yeah. Because like, then they can count on you for, for something, you know, and that'd be probably my advice for younger kids is always just like, you know, play defense so that it gets you on the field and then your bat's kind of a bonus or vice versa, but hitting so like streaky, as you know, like it's definitely not something you can always count on. So, and yeah, defense. And then like, just being able to like, hang out with different kind of guys. I can speak Spanish, so I can talk to the Latin guy. You speak Spanish? Yeah. Well, I, I went to an elementary school when I was a kid that was Spanish immersion, so I spoke Spanish until – I spoke Spanish all day until I was, like, 12. So that – and I told you this. I got my word. I'm putting in this bio one of the best locker room guys of all time. And that's that's another aspect. People listen to this. I mean, if, if you were like me, this is how I stayed on my JUCO roster on scholarship. If you're a locker room guy, you just weasel your way into a clubhouse. You don't have to be good. I mean, you're good. But there's probably some guys that are there that are like glue guys that every locker room needs. Maybe they're not putting up the stats. Maybe they're not playing. But they're locker room glue guys. And I yeah. noticed that in clubhouses too is like, I know in minor league, some systems might not be like this. You might say the politically correct answer, but there's definitely clicks, right? I mean, you have the the, yeah. the Latins that hang out with each other and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of get to just weasel your way into any click you want. Like, I mean, you're just buzzing. So <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to talk to everybody. Try to talk to everybody. So what if like so? Let's go into that interaction. That first interaction you have, you had speaking Spanish to like the Latinos. Were they just like? holy shit, this is fucking – like, what do they say – were they caught off guard that you just were ripping Spanish right off the bat? Well, I didn't – I got some – I got, like, a tip leading into pro ball, like, not to not to use it until you need it so you can hear <laughs> if they're saying anything. And I don't know, like, nobody – I've come across no, you know, Latin player that's ever talked shit about me or, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I guess that was, like, a, you know, a thing. Like, if you can speak Spanish, maybe just hold off on it. But – um yeah, like I said, our manager, Brian Pena, was like, can anybody speak Spanish? It was our first day. We I was, like, jet-lagged, all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I can speak Spanish. And I said something, and they were all just like, yeah. But that was kind of that. And then, but then I had to be our, like, de facto translator at mound visits because we had a Venezuelan catcher, and then our whole staff was – a lot of our staff was, like, college white guys. Yeah. So I had to just sprint in and be, be there for the mound <laughs> visits, trying to interpret everything and – make sure we weren't crossing guys up back there. So yeah, that that, is so goddamn electric. Put that in your bio, man. Like uh, (laughs) middle infielder slash team translator. That is so all day. That is (laughs) is so all day. Good for you. So, I mean, this, I mean, that, that definitely adds style points. And they actually told that to you. They said like, listen, don't use it right off the rip, let them talk shit. And then you can kind of weasel your way knowing it. Right. 
No, it wasn't. Yeah, it definitely wasn't anybody with the team or anything like that. It was more just like, hey, like, I don't know, like they'll find out you speak Spanish eventually, but maybe just hold off for a week or two and see what happens. Dude, part of me, obviously, like I said, I'm a big Ryan Cry. Like, <clears throat> part, part of me was actually hoping that someone was like talking shit about you right in front of your face in Spanish. And then you're like, and then you responded to them in Spanish and just caught them off guard. That would have been electric. That would have been sick. But I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude, I've been so lucky. The Tigers have like, I mean, some of the best dudes I've, I've played with. Yeah, it's, it's usually <clears> like a close about it. Is, he, is, is our guy uh, Zach Hess there too? Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Oh, really? He's been on the pod. Yeah, he's been on the pod. Yeah, that's Wait. my guy. He's a little guitarist, right? He's a little guitar guy. He told some funny ass stories on this podcast about your system. I mean, he's electric. How's he yeah, doing down there? Is he buzzing? Yeah, he's doing good. He's throwing. I know his his agency's down here, so they've been able to come out and see him quite a bit. And um, yeah, he's enjoying it, dude. He's like such a he's like a silent killer, man. Like yeah. he won't say anything to you, and then he'll just bust out some of the funniest shit you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like a. I could see him being like a Twitter troll or personality someday. Like just like yeah. when once he makes it to the show. And I has uh, Sim come out there? Another one of our guys, Eric Sim, Juco guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't met him, but I've seen him. He's been out to watch Zach pitch at least once, maybe more, but I, I've seen him once. Yeah. He, yeah, he got along with our bullpen guys pretty well, I think. Yeah. No, yeah, he's he's electric, too. I mean, we've had him on like three or four times, but that's good that Hess is doing well. So who 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 else is there from the Tigers that are big prospects? Is it just you? It's you, Hess? Who else? So it was supposed to be me, uh, Riley, and Torque, but we all got hurt. Riley got a concussion, um, like his last game in the regular season, never showed up. Torque sprained his ankle and then I strained my calf. So we're Jesus. all kind of banged up. So what are you doing right now? Rehabbing, uh, rehabbing and trying to play like last week. It wasn't anything crazy serious, but just like the time of the year, they're trying to take it slow and all that. But the rest of the guys, we got Hess, Garrett Hill, and Wilmer Flores, who has the same name as his brother, Wilmer yeah. Flores, the check swing guy in the show. That's so electric. And see, and that's the thing with me is like, the Wilmer Flores guy, how do you tell each one apart? They both have the same name. It's like, it's so electric. And he's good too, by the way. I think I've seen highlights of this kid, this Wilmer Flores kid also. He's one of the yeah. one of the big-time prospects. But, yeah, the, the Tigers system is definitely good. And the Tigers, and I said this long on the show, the Tigers are building something legit special there. And I think they're going to get Correa in the offseason. I genuinely yeah. do. No, I seriously do. I seriously like. I think Correa's one because they're gonna drop. They have so much money to spend. I think they're gonna get the bag on Correa. But just speaking about those minor league teams you guys have, and just like you guys have all stick together, like you Torkelson, Cody Clemens, all these guys, Riley Green, is it do you, like? Are you guys starting to realize like they're trying to build like a culture from low A with all the guys that are they're bringing up and just keeping you guys together? Is that something that's like they've put in your brain since day one? Um, I mean from the team perspective the culture stuff not necessarily but i think we've built that just the way they've drafted yeah they've drafted pretty college heavy for the most part um and then apart from that they've drafted some you know some high school kids and then obviously they sign international players but like it's easy to get along with guys you know have shared experiences with you like whether it's summer ball or whatever else and it just seems like yeah playing together and we do all these camps and you know we had zoom meetings and during covid and all that stuff just like little stuff to to get everybody closer um yeah so by this point it's been it's been pretty easy to get along with these guys and and it's been really fun a lot of these guys are position players now that some of the pitchers are already in the big leagues um so it's been yeah it's been pretty special it's pretty cool dude it's sick i mean and i've said this long i like like i said i grew up four hours from detroit so i've been to a shit ton of comerica park games tigers games there it is the most underrated field in baseball that field is fucking sick but it sucks mm. for hitters. I'll be honest with you. It's it's like yeah. dog shit. You hate to see. I mean, it's such a bad field for hitters. It's a pitcher friendly park. Have you been to America? No, I haven't yet. Really? No. Holy mm. shit. I mean, so okay, you're in Toledo. Never mind. But um, yeah, no. So where were you actually when you found out you were going to Toledo or you're, you're getting the call to Triple A? Because obviously, yeah, it, it was like was, recent, right? Yeah, it was. Um, we had just finished playing a series. I forget who we were playing, but. My girlfriend was in town. We were going to get some food, just finish eating, got a call to come back and pack your stuff up because you're going to, yeah, you're going to sleep. That's so that's, fucking sick. Yeah. So it was cool that she could share it with me too because that was like, she was about to head home, getting all sad, but then that was like a nice thing to head on kind of thing. Yeah, it's a good, you, you, she left you in good note. I mean, she left you in good hands. But the second last thing I wanted to talk about is obviously this year, especially facing, you're literally at the, like the, the highest level you could possibly be before the show. What was like the biggest difference you noticed on the field wise or pitching wise, 
like uh, in AAA because you're facing guys that legit have showtime. Like you're facing a mm-hmm. ton of guys with showtime. So it, it's a massive jump from AA to AAA. That's what like I've heard at least. Yeah, it's I think like getting over the fact that you've seen a lot of the guys play on TV is, you know, it's you can do it in spring training. But like when you're playing during a season, you, you're playing against like whoever, like Shane Bieber on rehab or Brian Buxton oh. or whoever else. But like, um, yeah, getting over the fact that like, you know who they are, they probably don't know who you are kind of thing. And then apart from that, yeah, just like learning how to be a professional. I think AAA is the first level that they really let you control everything about your day so like in the morning if you want to like take early work or whatever it's just on you if you if you don't want to do it nobody's going to hold your hand and make you do it kind of thing wow yeah so it's all like when you think of what a pro does like a big leaguer what they do during their day i think it starts at triple a where you start like kind of developing those habits and then i think that's the biggest jump is just being like super accountable for everything you do and then on top of that yeah like talent's better and like the uh the amount of preparation that goes into like the reports and, you know, this guy's been pitching for in pro ball for like 15 years. Sometimes so you have all this data on the guy and you kind of just have to figure out like what he's been doing lately, that kind of stuff. Um, but I love, you know, I love all that stuff. I think like the more information that I can have as a player is always better. So there's one guy in your system that I have an absolute fucking bone to pick with. And it's not, it's nothing personal. It's just the guys by the name of Derek Hill. And it's nothing he did to me. It's what he did to my good friend, front of the show, Kevin Smith robs him twice Ooh. of a, of a home run in center. And then I'm at the Rogers center with Kevin's family. I thought Kevin launched off the top of the wall at the Rogers center or no in the gap. And it's Superman comes out of fucking center field, Derek Hill. So are, do you, so, you know, Derek, I'm assuming. Yeah, we train together in the off seasons. I've known him for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I might have to get this guy's side story on this because maybe, maybe potential <laughs> pod appearance. I mean, this guy I have a bone to pick with him. What he did to Kevin was it say like? And the funny thing is, is like I don't think Derek knows, which is why this will be funny to bring it up to him. Kevin texted me after he got that home run robbed, and just he just texted me like he just said fucking Derek Hill. Like that was the text <laughs> message he sent me after he got robbed at the wall. And so is is Derek one of those guys in the system that's just a freak athlete? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, for sure, he's, like, one of the fastest dudes you'll ever see um, and just does things, like, without even thinking about him, just instincts. Yeah, is he's he, a freak. There's is, a few guys like that. Is he slant? Like, okay, now let's go into the let's go into the weight room for a second. For is he, are, is he one of those guys that are just slamming weight around like it's fucking nothing? No. Really? No, he's, like, no. He just kind of has it. I don't – like, if nobody told him to lift a weight or to, like, how to run properly, he would still be fast. I hate but like guys. that's not to say guys. he doesn't work hard he grinds like yeah. he definitely grinds but he's not like a freak in the weight room by any means i just hate those guys respectfully like respectfully Derek hill i hate guys yeah. that are just naturally gifted at literally fucking every single thing they do and i'm assuming you're one of those guys too i mean you're six four humble some the people that chirp my height might say you're six inches taller than me we're gonna say you're four <laughs> inches taller than me but you're so i mean that's another thing are you throwing weight around or are you not are you just like the you like the plyo guy uh, no, I'm not throwing weight around by any means. I, I wouldn't say like, I'm like a freak in there. No, I try every, you got to try, but like, yeah. no, I, I, there's definitely like a lot of guys that can throw it around more than I can. We got to get you on the smelling salts. Like I, I need, I need a, <laughs> I need a Ryan Kreidler smelling salt video. Sam got to brand his own smelling salts. Yeah. That's no, Sam's a big out. smelling salts guy. I mean, I, I've been to small. I love small. I think it's the most electric shit of all time. Is that something you see in the minor league clubhouse to get you? Cause obviously you guys are in the dog days of summer. Like, oh, is yeah. that, is that some of the shit that you guys do in the locker room just to be like, all right, man, we're in fucking, we're in God knows where we need to, we need to wake up here. Yeah. I'm not a big smelling salts guy myself, but like, in over the course of a day, I would say at least 10 guys are ripping smelling salts. That's so every fucking day. sick. That's so all day. I love that shit. That and what I used to do in Nebraska in like Juco was cowboy cocaine. Do you know what that is? No. It's it's snuff. It's chewing tobacco okay. that you sniff up your fucking nose. It is, we used to do it <laughs> pre-game. And it's such a bad visual too, because like there'd be like families. Obviously, there's no crowds of the game. And you would just see me in the dugout just ripping cowboy cocaine in the corner looking like an absolute just being a clubhouse guy though. yeah just being a degenerate i'm not even playing i'm I'm just ripping it for fun just to look absolute nails as hell so i mean (laughs) and this this, so this is this is what we always say to all the guests obviously beating guys playing for the tigers 
that's very close to me. I can make that trip in a little heart, but you text me, I'm going to be there in Detroit. When you make that debut, I have a recommendation, not a recommendation. Actually, this is kind of like a, this is a, this is a wish I'm granting that I need to happen. When you make that debut, I need to be at least top 20 guys that know. I just because like I said, I don't know if you've done other podcasts since you're, I'm, no. I'm your, yeah. Okay. So we took your podcast virginity. Thank you for that. So <laughs> this is what we're saying here. I need to be at least not top 20. We'll just pretend that I'm top 20. Just send me the Drake gift saying, let's go. And I'm there. I'm in the, I'm in the Hyundai Sonata. I'm at Comerica in four hours. Just let me yeah. know. I want to be one of these. I want to feel a little bit special. Like I'm one of these guys. You're going to be in the know. That's for sure. Yeah. I hope, I hope we have that problem sooner rather than later. It'd be a shame. I mean, it, imagine if it was in Toronto. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what the schedule is next year, but I'm assuming we're going to experience some service time. Um, uh, what's it called? Manipulation for Ryan Kreidler here sooner and later. So it's going <laughs> to be probably somewhere halfway in the year. But I need to be at that debut. I'm a, I'm addicted to debuts. I said it. When Kevin Smith made his debut, I got a little taste of the of the specialness of the family crying. I felt I almost cried, actually. There's actually a funny visual of me on TV for Kevin's first hit. I had a dip. And I went to go celebrate and I swallowed my whole dip and you could see me oh. on TV and my face is just in Neptune. It's one of the worst visuals of all time. So just let me know. I want to be top 20 guys that know. <laughs> oh yeah. You can be in there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot you a text. That's electric. But anyways, last thing I want to talk about, obviously going into this off season, especially coming in hot, hitting 300 triple A's that good. You tell me what's one thing you're going to be working on going into next year. I mean, or one goal you have next year. I mean, if you set goals. Yeah, I think uh, – no, I haven't really set them for next year yet. I try and do that, like, around Christmas time. But just cutting down on some strikeouts and, and sharing a couple things up because, like, you know, you can always improve on, on little things. Nothing jumping off the page. Like, I remember after 19, I knew. I was like, okay, it's going to have to be a big swing change probably because <laughs> this wasn't really working out. Really? But, yeah, so I just changed a bunch of things. But, yeah, no, this year, you know, we'll work on we'll work on a couple things that I've pinpointed with, like, defense and things like that. But – just getting some rest, man. It's going to be a short off season. So just trying to get, trying to get the body back in one piece, especially being in the fall league. Okay. Actually, this is the last thing. Let's go into your golf game for a second. I saw it was your background on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You're a big golf guy. You actually look like a golf guy and that's not me chirping you for being maybe a little more skinnier than the usual guy, but are, that's you, fine. You, you probably look electric in golf clothes. And I would say that I would actually kill to have that body where it's like, this guy could wear, <laughs> look like tiger out on the course and look yoked. How's your golf game? What, what's the, what are we shooting here? What's the handicap? So it was pretty good during COVID. I would say low 80s during when Damn. it was like peak COVID. Now, but like I haven't played much this year at all. So I, yeah, I'd say the handicap's north of north of 15 right now. It's it's not in a good shape. That's that's a good problem to have. Is there so, is there like good courses around you in Cali too? I'm assuming it's probably just electric. It's pretty decent around where I live, but when I'm down south, I'm gonna be living in in Southern California this off season. There's quite a bit going on down there if you're willing to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pretty pricey down there. Yeah. yeah, I feel like California is just expensive, like period, with everything, especially. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, anyways, man, it was a pleasure to have you on. Obviously, it's a long time coming. I'm fire. I'm fired up to get you on the pod, man. And I'll be dialed in when that debut happens. I'll be in the Sonata, just ripping 130 on the highway, getting ready to getting ready <laughs> to watch my boy play. But thank you for doing this, man. Number tenth pro, number tenth ranked prospect of the Detroit Tigers. That good? You tell me. Thank you for doing this, man. And I'm pumped to get you on. Yeah, John, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll be listening from here on out. You got a new fan. So keep me <laughs> in the loop. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Official Unofficial Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.